Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. Founded in 1933 at the urging of Albert Einstein, the nonprofit International Rescue Committee was launched to assist those fleeing Nazi Germany. Today, with a presence in over 40 countries worldwide, the organization responds to the world's worst humanitarian crises, from natural disasters to war. Just within the past year, the flagship San Diego office, established in 1975, has helped 8,000 refugees, asylees, asylum seekers, secondary immigrants, victims of human trafficking, and low-income individuals to rebuild their lives and thrive in San Diego County. They're holding their annual Taste of the IRC fundraiser, which celebrates the food and culture of refugees and immigrants in San Diego on October 20th. On the line to tell us more is Donna Duvin, Executive Director of the International Rescue Committee. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Vicki. Very, very happy to be here. Donna, if you would, start by telling us about the background and history of the International Rescue Committee. Absolutely. Well, as you had noted in your introduction, We have been doing this uh, kind of work now since 1933, and really when you think about all of the various different humanitarian crises worldwide, uh, it has kept us extremely busy, and unfortunately it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. So whenever your listeners see uh, a humanitarian crisis or a hotspot on the news, chances are that the IRC is on the ground and providing services. And here in San Diego, I'm really happy to say that we are really a part of the good news part of that story, which means that for individuals who may be fleeing violence, persecution, or torture in other parts of the world, have oftentimes been sanctioned by the U.S. State Department to be resettled in a country like the U.S., and they may be assigned to an office like ours in San Diego in order to get a safe new start for themselves and their families. Tell us about the mission of the International Rescue Committee. Well, we are really here to provide for the basic humanitarian needs of people who are fleeing for their lives. In the San Diego office in particular, we are almost a a mini city, if you will, and providing for all the unique needs that uh, newcomers might have when they're arriving in country. So you can imagine if you're a family and you have to pick up in the middle of the night and all you have is the opportunity to pick up a few things and flee for your lives, that families oftentimes arrive with very few belongings of their own. So it's not unusual for a family 
of eight to arrive with only one backpack of belongings between them. And so our work with the IRC is meant to surround those families with immediate support in helping them to get settled into their new community and to help them to understand how to navigate that community. So again, most of us have had an experience, I think, of being new to a place that we've lived, perhaps, and it can be quite challenging just to know how to get around. And it's even more challenging for the families we serve, since they oftentimes, again, are arriving with difficulties with language proficiency or disruptions in their education, which means that the kids themselves might struggle in getting into school. They have lost all of their social networks that also support them uh, as a family. And so our work is really meant to provide that initial support for families and also to stay with families for the next years out as their hopes and dreams might change. So we have lots and lots of programs and services that meet the unique needs of families when they first arrive, all the way up to, you know, when they are applying for citizenship and hoping to become voting members of our community and society, just like everyone else. What programs does the International Rescue Committee offer, and who do you serve? Well, we serve a a wide variety of clients. Initially, when we were first founded in 1975, We were known most as a resettlement agency working with refugees. As a matter of fact, our history in going back to 1975 here in San Diego was being a part of the airlift, if you will, from the fall of Saigon. So in that year, the U.S. actually saw almost 200,000 refugees who were coming out of Vietnam and Cambodia and Laos and coming to the U.S. through Camp Pendleton and needing to have support and integration grading into the community and across the country. And since then, we have really broadened the scope of our work, not only serving the immediate needs of clients when they first arrive, but again, providing them with extended services in ways that are unique to meet the challenges of their complex lives. So we have programs that introduce the adults to uh, employment opportunities and get them ready to be able to accept that kind of work. And so we have a, a variety of opportunities that we can connect our clients with for employment. We have career development programs that actually provide training for people who are hoping to go into a new line of employment. For instance, we just graduated a class in partnership with CVS in order to train pharmacy techs to be placed in various different CVSs across the area, and that's just one example. We have programs that serve the children of our refugee families. And what that really means is we provide them with academic support through tutoring. We have a number of programs that also connect our youth with opportunities for recreation and just an opportunity for them to be able to build their own social networks outside of the school place. And that's very important, I think, for students who are, as you can imagine, as a As an adolescent coming into a new setting where it's a very competitive environment in schooling, as well as all the other challenges that come with being a a teenager or a young person coming into a new setting, we want them to have all the right opportunities to be able to excel. And we have other programs that are serving the long-term financial needs of our clients. For instance, we have a whole array of offerings that can provide financial coaching, if you will, and also financial products for 
clients when they're ready to build their financial health for their families. Again, as you can imagine, many of the families that we work with have not had a lot of experience in working with financial institutions or with credit, and it's very easy for any family to get in trouble with that, but we try to provide them with a good baseline education about how they can work with the financial institutions in the U.S. and make that work to their advantage, as well as offering them low-term interest loans or even grants in order to get them on their feet. I'm speaking with Donna Duvin, Executive Director of the International Rescue Committee. How do refugees come to make a new home in San Diego? Well, sad to say that over the last year, we have seen the number of people displaced in the globe go from 86 million to over 100 million. Mm. And that happened just in this last year alone, in large part because of the Afghan evacuation, as well as the war in Ukraine, which has brought a number of people to uh, be seeking the services that we have here in San Diego through the International Rescue Committee. So refugees are people who cannot return to their own home country because of life-threatening fears of, again, violence, persecution, or even torture. And so those individuals are considered to be refugees when they register with the United Nations High Commissioner of Refugees. And what that really means is that they've been deemed in need of special protection in unable to return to their home country. And we work then with the U.S. State Department. The U.S. State Department uh, decides how many people as refugees the U.S. can accept in any given year. And then the U.S. State Department assigns those families to one of those agencies that are entrusted with doing this kind of work, since it's quite complex and the needs of refugee families is quite different. And so they may be assigned to an office like San Diego in order to provide that help. And those decisions are oftentimes based on what the capacity of our home community is for being able to welcome refugees and to support them as well as whether or not the family has any connections in the community, such as family members who may have arrived before or an existing refugee community that has made a home here. Because we know that people do better when they are connected with people who are familiar with their culture and also able to provide support. Why is it important that we welcome refugees to the U.S.? Well, I think it's, I think it's really a question of, you know, what are U.S. country values and what we stand for. And this country has a very rich history of welcoming the newcomer, especially those who are fleeing for their lives. And I think the unique distinction is that we all come from somewhere and that we've all had some experience in being a newcomer. And so it's a way of taking our empathy and our generosity and opening those arms to others who might be looking for that experience in the U.S. Is there a story of a refugee who's been helped by the International Rescue Committee that really stands out to you? Yeah, there's so many stories that come to mind. But I think the one that really stands out for me is a family that we recently had worked with in this last year. So we've had a number of families coming from Afghanistan, again, who are here because they really had no pathway to safety 
in Afghanistan before. And when they arrive, you know, they're quite exhausted. They're quite, quite traumatized. And you can actually see when they arrive at the airport, when we pick them up, there's this sigh of relief. When they touch base and put their feet down here in San Diego, the family I'm thinking of is a family of six, a mom and a dad and their four daughters. And I'm really happy to say that all four daughters are now enrolled in school, which is really important for women and girls, obviously, who oftentimes don't have the same opportunities as their male counterparts where they come from. And they are all doing so very well with the dad now working and the mom engaged with us through our Women's Resilience Center, which is meant to provide kind of a special space for women to also come and receive services and also to bond with one another. But the girls themselves are all in grade school, middle school, and high school, and they're thriving. And so those are stories that we hang on to. They're stories of hope for us. And they're really inspiring for the resilience that these family members are showing. I'm speaking with Donna Duvin, Executive Director of the International Rescue Committee. Donna, you have your upcoming Taste of the IRC fundraiser on the way on October 20th. Tell us about this event. We do. And we're so excited this year to be able to celebrate not only the important work that we've been embarked on in the last year, but also to share some of the richness of the cultures of the families that we serve with the rest of the community. So on October 20th, we will have the Taste of the IRC out at the Del Mar Hilton. Uh, I'm really excited to say that this will be a live in-person event uh, in an outdoor setting. And so this will be the first time in three years that we've been able to return to a live event, which makes it very, very special for all of us. And the evening is meant to celebrate the various different cultures and cuisines, the sights, sounds, and tastes, really, of the refugee community and the immigrants that we serve. So it's actually called the Taste of the IRC, and uh, we hope to invite and entertain close to 250 guests this year. And in addition to guests, are you also looking for volunteers or sponsors or people to provide raffle donations? Absolutely. We are looking for people who want to sponsor an individual table so you can get an individual sponsorship for your family or a group of people whereby you'll have reserved seating. We are still looking for corporate sponsors to help us with this event. And the opportunities are plentiful for supporting in that way as well as for purchasing a ticket to be able to attend. And for those who can't attend any other way, we do have volunteer opportunities that are connected with that event. And we'll need a whole slew of people behind the scenes to make this event a success. And how can someone get tickets for this event? The easiest way to do that right now, since we're still standing up our website, is to communicate through TASTE, T-A-S-T-E, at rescue, R-E-S-C-U-E, dot org, and to indicate the interest that people have either in questions that they may have or if they're offering up an opportunity for a corporate or an individual sponsorship or just want to have more information about TASTE ticket purchases. And if someone can't attend TASTE of the IRC but still wants to support your mission, how can they go about doing that? Absolutely. I think it's really important to say that none of the work that we do can happen without the community support. And that oftentimes comes down to individuals who are willing to give the gift of their time or their talents or um, certainly their financial contributions and even in-kind material support. 
And so there are a variety of ways that people can assist, and they can do that, again, by requesting more information through San Diego. That's all one word, San Diego at rescue, R-E-S-C-U-E dot org. I've been speaking with Donna Duvin, Executive Director of the International Rescue Committee, the annual Taste of the IRC fundraiser coming up on Thursday, October 20th at the Del Mar Hilton. Anything else you want us to know? Only that we're very, very grateful to be in a community that's as generous as the San Diego County community is. And that, you know, this is, again, this is a proud piece of the San Diego County legacy in our own history and that people can be a part of this mission with us, that we can't do this work alone. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you for making a difference around the world, really. And we hope you have a very successful event on October 20th. Thank you so much, Vicki, and thanks to your listeners. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.